Everyone, I think, has a uh, worldview, which is to say the lens through which you see your life. By its very definition, worldview is a framework of ideas and beliefs through which an individual interprets the world and interacts with it. Some of us, we see the world through the lens of our career, business, job. Some of us, through the lens of money, stuff, prestige. And still others of us view the world through the lens of parenthood or family. Whatever it is for you, we all have a worldview that ultimately dictates how we then live. In other words, your worldview determines how you approach your life, what you want to accomplish. Ultimately, it changes the way we envision the outcome of our lives. And I believe that the biggest impact to our worldview is what we believe the purpose of our life to be. And unfortunately, there are a whole lot of us who don't give that much thought. And we live in a default position, which means that we, we blindly go through this life never, never really thinking about the bigger purpose or meaning and so instead what we're doing is just a reactionary way of living. We react to everything that comes our way and so by default our worldview becomes very myopic because we're so tied to the daily grind that we can't even lift up our head to see what's possible beyond all of this. So, how do we change our worldview? And how can we begin to see what is even possible for our lives moving forward? Well, good morning, y'all. Um, well, we just finished a, uh, a series uh, that I'd entitled, What is the Least I Can Do and Still Get into Heaven? And uh, we were looking at what is the minimum threshold for how little we can do on this earth so that at the end of the day, we can be assured that we end up in the right spot. Uh, But today, we're starting a new series, and this series is actually taking the opposite viewpoint, and that is, how can we live all out? And we're going to explore that idea by walking uh, through Romans chapter 12. It's a great chapter. Romans uh, was a book written by the Apostle Paul to the Romans, And it was written as a way to inspire us to be able to live maxed out in God. And so um, today we're going to look at verses 1 and 2, and this will be just kind of a springboard into um, all of the rest of it that's going to happen in the weeks to come. Um, So let's start out with Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Apostle Paul says, Therefore, I urge you to offer yourselves as living sacrifice, that is pleasing to God because of the mercy that has been given you. Do not conform any longer to the culture of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind and change the way you think. And then you will learn a new way of living, now understanding God's will, which is a way, way better life. So I do this uh, fitness thing called Orange Theory. Do I have any brothers or sisters in the Orange Theory realm? All right. So you're at second service because you were at the 7.15 this morning. Is that right? All right. Uh, so 
the class has been really good for me, but uh, the premise of the class is that in order to kind of get seriously uh, fit and have a better quality of life, there are these moments in the middle of class where you have to go what they call all out. Right? And so it has the idea that you know, we have limits in our heads and we push those limits, we push through the constraints that we have of what our capacity is and we blow through that in order to crush those limits and go beyond what we think we can do and beyond those constraints. Which means that when you're running on the treadmill, there are times when you're either doing an insane incline or you're running at an all-out pace. And inevitably, while you are in the middle of this all-out effort, the coach will yell out, let's get uncomfortable. All right? As if I'm not already thinking I'm about to go into cardiac arrest. I'm uncomfortable, brother. It's, I, I, I'm there. But the point is that if you're truly going at max effort, then we can't help but feel uncomfortable because we're pushing the limits of what we think in our heads we can do. And if we do that successfully, then we can begin to transform our body. So it's a great methodology. The same is true in life in general. We have all accepted limitations for ourselves where we have come to believe that this is a reasonable way for me to live, right? And I don't need to go beyond my limits. I have a good life. I can accept the, the boundaries of this culture that have been provided for me and live within the constraints of the world that we know. And so that three-dimensional box becomes the limit of our worldview, and that's how we see the world. But I think that what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage is, let's get a little uncomfortable, all right? Because we so blindly follow this culture of this world, and we've gotten a little too comfortable by living in it for so long that we're just doing the daily grind, not thinking at all about what life is really all about. We live our lives with blinders on, and we never really give much thought to what's possible. But when we truly live all out in the Christian life, we get uncomfortable because we are pushing beyond the limits of our cultural norms. And so he says, in an effort to live all out, then we need to change the way we think and see beyond our own limits. And Paul says, do not conform any longer to the culture of this world. Well, what does that mean? How are we supposed to live in this world without living in the culture of this world? If, if we were to go back to the Greek text, which is what the New Testament was written in, you'd find that the original word there is not only the word to conform, but it also has the idea to identify with. And I really believe what he's saying is that somewhere down the line, we lost our true identity. We lost our true self. Up until now, we have identified with the culture of this world, and we have always allowed ourselves to be shaped and, and molded by whatever culture dictates that we should do, the way that we should live. Here's a great example for you. Our eating habits here in the United States, right? 
how we eat and how much we eat is very foreign to other cultures because how we eat is very American. Right? And if you want to change the way that you eat here in the United States of America and start trying to eat less and eat healthy, it's a really difficult thing to do. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it's challenging because you're now eating counter to the way our culture eats. And so now when you go to a party or you go out to dinner with friends, all of a sudden you get these weird looks and they say, how could you possibly like kale? It tastes like a bush. Or quinoa, really? Right? And so it's difficult to take on a way of life that is counter to the way that culture dictates we should be living and start living differently. It's very rare that people do it successfully. Now, you can take that same thing and apply it across the board to many aspects of our culture. The culture's view of uh, sexuality or money or how culture defines success. We could go right down the line. We live the way that culture dictates that we should live and love the things that culture tells us that we should love, the lifestyle, the desire, the pleasure. But what culture is trying to get us to become is not the person we were created to be. We were created for something more. And when you think about it, there are two main worldviews that are in direct contrast with each other that really um, are the prominent worldviews in this culture. And the first view is the view that the universe was just kind of banged out, right? The Big Bang Theory, that it just came into existence for no apparent reason, no purpose, no order. And it really doesn't matter what you do with your life. Because at the end of the day, it's all very meaningless anyway. Because when you die, it's just game over. End of story. So in the meantime, really just do whatever you want. But the second worldview is the view that if you believe that you were created by God, that this world was created by God, and you were created by God with a sense of purpose and meaning for your life, because of that, I live differently. I live my life to the fullest that God designed me to live, which is different than the life that culture tries to push on me. I don't know about you, but it takes me more faith, and I've really researched it, it takes me more faith to believe that everything in this world is accidental and that there's no real point to my life than it does for me to believe that there is a God who is behind all of this who has designed a life that is great for us. And so that is what I pursue in my life. That is my worldview that I have taken on. But make no mistake about it. That life means that we are living counter to this culture, and it's not easy to make that shift. It's like eating a kale salad in the middle of old country buffet. You stand out like a sore thumb. 
But that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here when he says, do not conform any longer to the culture of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind and change the way you think. Change the way you see the world. Paul's saying, if you want a better life, then in order to do that, we're going to need to make some changes, and not just small changes, mind you, transformational changes. Again, if we go back to the original Greek text that the New Testament was written in, and you look at that word for transformation, it has the idea not just about change, but to completely change your inner self. And if you look at that word, you can see that this is where we derive our word metamorphosis from, which has the idea of a complete and utter transformation. It's a caterpillar to a butterfly kind of transformation. It changes the very essence of of who we are, how we show up in life, and how we live. That we are no longer limited by what culture dictates is who we should be, or how we should act, or what we should be pursuing or striving for in order to be successful in the eyes of the world. But instead now, it's time to move beyond the box, the limiting box that this culture tries to put us in and live all out in God. To bust through those limitations. And that's exactly, I think, the point that Jesus is trying to make in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 when he says, if any of you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose your very self? It's interesting when you look at that phrase in verse 23 when Jesus says that we are to deny yourself, again, to go back to the original Greek as it was translated, it literally is translated to stop acting like yourself, which really is to say stop acting like who you're not. Just because culture tells you who you are by cultural norms doesn't mean that's who you are really. When you are really, who you are really is who God created you to be. And so the question becomes, are we able to teach old dogs new tricks? And now in the middle of our lives, after we've grown comfortable with our culture, after we've taken all of our cues from the world that has molded and shaped our ideologies, are we now able to disrupt ourselves and become something different? Is it possible that we can become the person we were created to be? That word disruption, as it's defined, is to interrupt or to throw something into a state of disorder in order to, in an effort to prevent normal or expected functioning. And in this case, we're talking about your life. And we want you to disrupt you in order to prevent you from normal and expected functioning. In other words, we need to stop going through the motions of how you've always done things, how we've grown comfortable with this culture, and learn a new way of life that allows you to get freed up from the daily grind. There are so many of us that live our lives completely just checked out. And we just mindly... We mindlessly go through our days, which become years and before long become decades, not knowing where we're headed, 
We just kind of react to whatever it is that comes our way, and eventually one day we just wake up from behind the wheel of our life and we go, how did I even get here? I think we have to disrupt ourselves while we still can. While we still have the courage to be something different. To live differently. And I truly believe that the more we can disrupt ourselves, the more transformation that can take place in our lives, the closer we can get to becoming our authentic self. The person who God created us to be. And when that happens, I can now suddenly create a new reality for my future because I have now successfully changed my worldview, which causes me to begin to see myself differently. Right? And now I have clarity about what it is that I'm doing. About I have an intentionality about my life and I understand what's driving me forward. And I can finally see beyond the horizon of this life and understand that we were created for so much more than just this world. Look, this is really challenging for me. It's tough for me. Especially in the business part of my life. Because I have to tell you that I am wired for success. Like, I am driven to succeed at everything I do. That is in me. And I can honestly get caught up in the grind of doing more and more deals and making more and more money and building a bigger and greater successful company And I have to fight through that all the time to keep my focus in on what's really important. It's a weakness I have. And it's very easy to lose perspective, and I just have to stop. I've just learned to stop and ask myself, okay, what does that failure or that success that has me so stressed out or so jazzed up, at the end of the day, what's it matter? What lasting value does it have? Asking those questions begins to change our outlook on how we view what it is that we're going through because most of the time, what I get so uptight about doesn't amount to a hill of beans after I'm dead and gone. But it can sure as heck get me all stressed out today. The issue is that if I really take that on, that I am now doing business counter to the business culture, right? As everybody is seeking to make more money, have more power, more pleasure, more self-centeredness, I am striving to find purpose and mission in everything that I do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting up here all pious on you. Because I still want to build a profitable business. I still love doing deals and making money. I hate losing money. But I have made a determination that I will not do any of those things at the expense of what it is that I am really seeking to do in my life, which is to find fulfillment where I can use my position to make a difference in the world best I can. 
Like, that's what drives me. Honestly, that is what drives me. I get lost from time to time. I lose my perspective from time to time. But that is what drives me. I've uh, been in a very... (laughs) I've been in a very stressful negotiation uh, with a guy who's dragged this thing on for the last six months. I mean, he has complicated the junk out of this deal. And it's frustrated me. And I told him if it wasn't done by Friday, this last Friday, I told him if it wasn't done by last Friday, I'm done. I'm walking. And so literally Friday at 4 o'clock, we, um, the deal gets done. And as soon as we're done in the negotiation, he stops. And he says, Darren, I just want you to know that the only reason why I have hung in there this long with you is because you have a reputation in the business world for being a good guy. And he said, you have conducted yourself differently with integrity. And throughout this entire process, you have been a man of your word, and that is so rare in our world that I am happy that we were able to get this done together. That really took me back, and I was really, really grateful that I had shown restraint in the moments before that where I was ready to reach through the phone and choke him (laughs) or to use words that I can't use up here on stage. But it's a lot of work, right, to show up differently. It's, it, it's not something that comes natural, and we have to be committed to really trying to feel our authentic self. I mean, can I be empathic and understand his position in the negotiation? What is it that he needs? What's driving him? And try to come together. It's not a win-lose. It's a win-win, right? And how different is that in the business world when you can actually show up and live differently. It really impressed upon me that I have to be authentic in all areas of my life. I I can't just be authentic in who I am at church or in my family life. I have to, I mean, the business world is where I spend most of my time. I have to be authentic there. And if I'm going to live differently in every other area of my life, I have to live differently in that area of my life. And it really inspired me to walk down the narrow path in the business world um, and, and be different. And I think that's what Paul is doing in, in Romans 12. At the end of verse 2, he says, so then you're going to learn a new way of living, now understanding God's will. Because if you understand, if you believe, if you believe that you were created by God, and you believe that this world was created by God, then you have to believe that there was a design behind it. And the things that God asks us to do in the Bible and the way that he asks us to live is different than the cultural norms But if we believe we're created by God, then why wouldn't we believe that his design is a way better life than the one that our culture provides for us? And so I think that Paul isn't calling us to live life as usual. He's calling us to live counterculturally. To be abnormal in a sea of normality. To live an extraordinary life in a world that's all about maintaining the status quo. He's calling us to live differently. Look, I I think if I were to sum this whole thing up, I would say that what Paul's trying to get at here is this. If we finally achieve becoming successful in the eyes of the world, at the end of the day, what do I have? 
When they put me, who is successful in this life, in the ground, I'm done. I had a good run, but now it's just game over. It's not like I can continue to do business from the other side. Jesus put it like this. What good is it if you gain the whole world and yet you lose your very self, your authentic self that I created you to be? And so is it possible that we can find the inner fortitude to disrupt ourselves while there is still time and create a transformational change where we now walk through this life with a a different worldview. One that now blows through the limits and the constraints that we have put on ourselves and that the world has put on us. And Paul says, now the real you, the person that God created you to be, can now be freed up to live all out. To live the abundant life, the Makarios life that Jesus promises because we're living the way God designed us to live. And if you think about it, suddenly the pressure's off, right? I mean, I don't have to keep trying to build up my image and always make myself look endlessly good and live up to the, to the, the standards that this world dictates. Now, now I can be freed up to live my life authentically, to be who I really am. Honestly, a pretty messed up guy who has an amazing capacity to screw up his life, but by the grace of God, I'm still here because of the mercy I've been given. And now, for the first time in a long time, I have a peace and contentment in my life that I've never known before. Can we find the courage to disrupt our old way of life and create a new reality for our future where we are no longer checked out. That we walk through the rest of our lives spiritually awake and alive and we have a new worldview that that drives us into limitless possibilities that go way beyond the realm of this world and we're freed up. We are freed up to walk through the rest of our life with a sense of passion and purpose fearlessly, brilliantly.